Hello and welcome back. This is episode three. Uh, I believe it's three. We've had more than three episodes, but I know we're naming them a bunch of things. So this is true episode three. This is absolute episode three. It's got like the two lines, like in math. Oh, I remember things. I I know my I know my dad's listening and thinks I don't remember things, but I I remember things from math class. Anyway, welcome back. My oh my, sports are back in Woo. full force. And you know what? Me and Matt just decided we're going to cover it all in one episode, five hours. So just sit down, <laughs> relax, and every minute detail. Right. Like we're going to be going Little, into every kick of the ball, every swing of the bat. Exactly. What's whip in baseball? Do you Can you explain whip to me? Because I still don't know what whip is. Okay. I, I, there are so many like acronyms in baseball where I'm like, I, I don't care. Right. Right. I kind of understand batting average and this, that's all I am going to worry <laughs> I, about. <laughs> I like that you're not that confident in yourself. I kind of understand it. I feel like I understand enough for someone to like, give me like someone's batting average and me to be able to make a calculated guess on to whether they're having a good season or not. Yeah. But past that, you know. For me, it's so funny that, like, mo- for the most part, pitchers will be talked about in a game. And, you know, there'll be a pitcher that had like seven strikeouts, but he'll be, you know, throw a complete game and he'll be praised as this great pitcher. But then there's another pitcher that gets like 13 strikeouts and they're like, he had a pretty good game. And to me, that's crazy because I feel like, the only way I judge pitchers is by them striking out 15 players a game. Like Max Scherzer for me is so fun to watch because no one, no one goes without a strikeout. Like he's just, he's rude about it. There's some stats in like every sport that always like make you like seem maybe better than you are. I feel like a strikeout is pretty, pretty indicative of if you're doing well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because then they're like, oh, he threw a good game. I'm like, really? Because every second pitch was hit almost as a home run. And it's only because the outfielder like ran across the field 80 times that it didn't end up being a bad situation. Like I get that outfielders and pitchers work together, but we are talking individual stats here. So that was just my take on it. But I digress We are not going to do all the action today. We're actually going to have back-to-back episodes of these normal sports-related. Yeah, back-to-back. That's right. Because sports are back on full blast, and we have to have a double feature to cover it all without losing you in hour three. So instead, you'll have, you know, two hopefully hours to listen to, and you can listen to them or not listen to them. Maybe we cover all the sports in this section. You don't even have to listen to the other section. And uh, you probably want to listen to the next section because that's where we're going to cover a lot of things. But anyway, I'm just saying two episodes, you can pace yourself. And something else that I'm going to talk about really quickly before we go into it, we're kind of changing the setup of two beer. I didn't even say the name of the episode. Matt, how did you not? I didn't even say it. I just said, welcome to episode three of what? Of of Survivor. This is Survivor. Um, Me and Matt are just... (laughs) Well, I mean, if you don't know it's two beers, please, then uh, we might need to work on the reading ability right. of, uh, of the listeners. That's fair. That's fair. If you didn't know this was two beers, please, this is two beers, please. And, You're just uh, randomly playing stuff, just picking random podcasts. Right. I don't even know what's wrong right now. This is. Hey, I would love to right. have I mean, two beers, please. I would love to have that kind of freedom as a person to be like, I don't care what it is. I'm putting it on. That's what is there's happening. Like, there's like a shuffle button now on Netflix. I haven't really explored it that much because I Ooh, don't that's really cool. know what it entails. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it like literally shuffles through everything or if it like shuffles through stuff that you watch. Cause like, I don't really want to watch like an episode of parks and rec and then for like the Irishman to come on. Like that's that seems, fair. Like, it seems like an odd thing to like shuffle. So but yeah, I'm intrigued. Although those two are connected. <laughs> those two are connected. Leslie Nope as a great leader in politics. Um, Jimmy Hoffa as not so great of a leader in politics. 
I, th- I think it's actually the perfect dichotomy if you think about it, Matt. So true. <laughs> um, Give me Hawthorne, Leslie Nope. There. That's that's the next buddy sitcom I want. That's it. Al Pacino and Amy Poehler together. <laughs> Just <laughs> oh gosh. Oh boy. It's Al gonna Pacino be fun. yelling like crazy as always. As always. The older he gets, the more he yells and the more infected it sounds. He's still a great actor. Don't get me wrong. It's just now I'm worried every time a word comes out of his mouth, like it's going to be his last. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's the guy, like the Godfather is like my favorite movie. And I, whenever I watch that and, and like, then I watch like a Pacino movie, even in just the last like 20 years, I'm just like, how is this the same person? You're so calm in this movie. And now he's just always just, it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, you know, he got older he has a shtick and it, it it pays the bills. And you know what? I do not blame him for that. He is good at his shtick. Um, yeah. So just to go back, we're going to change the setup of two beers, please. And wait, basically what will happen is if you go to the Spotify page or the Anchor page or wherever you listen to your podcasts, you'll see things called episodes, which are just going to be our normal, like today, our normal, you know, going over the sports events of the week and talking about, you know, everything happening within the last week. You'll have on tap episodes, which we had one recently about the English Premier League, which will be discussion episodes still based in sports, but really just talking back and forth rather than going over scores and stuff like that. And then we will be introducing this later this week something called Cocktail Hour, which will be episodes. Cocktail Hour. Cocktail, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I was turning oh, yeah, into Sean, Sean Connery. Nice Sean Connery, yeah. Yeah, I was turning into Sean Connery. Um, nothing wrong with we, that. There's nothing wrong with Sean. He is Cocktail Hour. I. It's going to be, we just talk about James Bond. That's the what only, we do. <laughs> not even James Bond, just like Sean Connery. Just and, not Sean even, Connery. and not even just like his like film and like acting career, like just like, What's Sean Connery up to now? Like, how's he enjoying retirement? It's going to be. Sean Connery still alive? Right. Oh, yeah. He I is, think. right? Yeah. Can, I, I, he's, we he's have to look at Yeah, I think so. Man, if I find out on, on the yeah, he's alive. that he's dead. No, he's alive. He's alive. Good. Okay, guys. Sean Connery's alive. alive. We're all good. <laughs> I was going to have to pause the podcast for a second to get over that. Anyway. Cocktail hour. We're going to take off. Moment of silence for Sean Connery. (laughs) And you know what the worst thing would have been? If he was dead, you know he would have died like a year ago and we just didn't know. (laughs) Like it wouldn't have been a recent thing. And oh gosh. No. Oh gosh. But yeah, we're going to take off. Guys, don't worry. Nobody worry. worry. Sean Connery's alive. He's fine. Doing well. Guys, I have to say something. I have wood a desk in front of me i'm knocking on it right now because if sean connery dies in the next week i'm gonna feel so bad yeah I'm feel so bad sure. right okay nah, he's, uh, not going anywhere. he's not going anywhere right corona don't you dare anyway um we're gonna take off our sports jerseys put on our best suits and by that i mean not sports jerseys maybe just a t-shirt i don't know whatever we have next to us and we're going to talk about something non-sports-like. Because you know what the best thing about me and Matt is? We have varied interests. We do love sports, but we love movies. We love the arts. We're both actors <clears throat> um, and artistic people in New York we're City. Very, very worldly. We're very worldly. Um, I wasn't even born in the States. So really, um, the most worldly person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like I'm the only person who wasn't born here ever. So no, but we do have a lot of different interests and instead of trying to fit them in to various episodes every time and making them too long and yada, yada, yada. And we do understand that not all of you want to hear about sports. So now you can look for cocktail episodes and just hear us talking about random shit. It'll be great. It'll be great. We currently have polls up for you guys to decide what our first cocktail hour episode will be about uh, it's either going to be a review of the movie Palm Springs, which just came out. It's going to be a kind of Iowa City bar talk cocktail nothing, hour. Nothing classier than that. 
Nothing classier. I'm really going to dress to the nines for that. I'm going to be wearing a bow tie, not a clip on, a tied bow tie. And it's going to be great. So you think Iowa City bars, you just think class. Right. I'm like, oh man, I'm meeting you at, at Summit. Great. I have to, I have to really put on a vest. I have to remember to put on a vest and just a vest. Anyway, um, and the final option is uh, the Emmy Awards just had their nominations, and we could go over that too. So go to the Instagram page and vote now, and we'll decide what that is later this week. But for now, we focus on sports. How are you feeling, Matt? How's your week been? Sports are back. I mean, what could be better? It, I'm, I'm feeling great. It's Saturday I watched basketball, hockey, soccer, baseball, golf. Mixed martial arts. I watched some Formula One yesterday. Like it was, uh, like it was just a plethora of. Well, I didn't even know what to do with myself. And it's all like entertaining action too. Like the, hockey's like right into the playoffs. Basketball is like technically regular season, but all the games, especially like the first few games, were so good. Um, and then you know, honestly, as far as sports news goes, does it get any better than Mr. Luca Garza coming back to Iowa City? Every. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, Iowa fans from all over, the decision, the only decision that mattered, right? Like everything that's ever been called the decision, I've never cared about. (laughs) Get out of here, LeBron. Get out of here, LeBron. I don't care where you're going. I don't care. I don't care where you're going. I don't care. Antoine Griezmann had had a similar the decision when he was at Atletico still. And then he straight out, and then he said the same thing. I'm staying, and it was like great. <laughs> and then a year, and then a year later, he left. Yeah, and then it was later. the worst. That was the worst. Dumb, that was the worst decision ever. It was like Griezmann, I, stop. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for Garza to come back. Uh, first time the Big Ten leading scorers coming back since Evan Turner came back in 2009, 2010, and Garza's only the fourth Power Five uh, player who was a Naismith finalist the year. Before to come back, the other three, Tyler Hansbrough, which he did it twice, J.J. Redick, Jared Solinger. Out of those returning seasons, three number one seeds, one two seed, three final fours, and a national championship. So obviously, I mean, not a huge sample size, um, but good company to be in. And um, the optimism is certainly high for the Hawkeyes. Right. And NCAA, I hear that you're nervous. I get it about the coronavirus. So if it becomes an issue about like, do we cancel the season? Yes, fine. But then you know who to give the award to. It We, we got it in the bag. So just yeah. give it to us. We want it and we need it and give it to us. Anyway, uh, <laughs> give me it. What are we drinking today? Are you drinking anything today? Yeah, well, I was gonna. I wanted to do like an Iowa City beer, but then when I thought of Iowa City beer, I just thought of like really cheap. Like the only beer I drank in Iowa City was just like cheap Bush Light, which I was close to doing. But I went with uh, a pseudo Sue from uh, Google Brewing Company up there in Decorah. I'm pretty sure pseudo Sue is like the first craft beer in Iowa that I never knew of or ever knew of. And uh, yeah, so I thought uh, to celebrate Luca. I should have figured out what his favorite beer was. Oh, man. Do you think he drinks a lot of beer? <laughs> Are we thinking he drinks no. a lot of beer? <laughs> Luca, yeah, if you're listening. He's just always drinking Modelo. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> why oh, they're so good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I am not drinking a beer right now. I am drinking a nice hot coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. And you know what? I felt bad because I was like, I really need coffee right now to do this episode. And it sucks that I'm not going to drink beer. But here's what I'll say, Matt. I order coffee at bars. I've done that before. I actually do that quite often. I think I've been with you when you've ordered a coffee at a bar. Right. So while it is weird, it's not completely out of my nature. Right. So for all of you calling me a fake, which maybe none of you, but just in case... Um, so you don't know me off the podcast. Are you kidding me? A coffee? <laughs> I'm done. You, 
I'm done. No, you don't know me. This is what I do. And and I don't know what to say. That's all I'm going to say. That's my uh, self-conscious hour with Yannick. Um, all right. So, <laughs> gosh. Question of the day. And I'm going to love your reaction to this, I'm sure. Joe Kelly, a couple days ago, uh, playing for the Dodgers now. Used to be a Red Sox boy. Playing for the Dodgers now. Gets... Uh, banned for eight games for throwing for throwing a couple pitches too close to the batter uh, for the uh, Houston Astros. So what are we thinking about this eight-game suspension? How do we feel? Uh, I mean, I I felt I felt like um, I felt like eight games is kind of tough. Oh yeah, like, I like I get I get why they're suspending him because like. Clearly, they they are wary of the like the hostility and stuff towards the Astros um, because the Astros cheated and got off super easy. But so like it feels more like the MLB like covering themselves more than like really putting on a just suspension. Like guys, like guys throw behind. Like should Joe Kelly have done it? No, it happens in in baseball though. And I don't. I mean, I'd have to do some more research to see if everybody that's thrown high or behind somebody, if they've gotten eight games, but I don't think they do. Um, Like I I think three games would have been fine. So it seems more like an overreaction because of the situation regarding the Astros. Um, And I wonder too, if he would have gotten suspended, if like, if they didn't have the the brawl and like, or I probably shouldn't even call it a brawl. I'm not giving it that much credit. They didn't have the little scuffle. Uh, between the two benches but like on that one too I'm like Astros what do you guys expect you know like you caught caught cheating you got off pretty easy yeah people are gonna be ticked at you and if you can't take a little like trash talk and a little upset like people being upset about it then I mean you gotta sleep in the bed you made Astros so I, I think the Astros need to like just toughen up you're like you're gonna have to get thicker skin like that's just the case of it all. Um, I was mostly just disappointed in both teams for like, especially baseball right now with dealing with the amount of positive cases that like the Cardinals Brewers series just got canceled. Like your sport is already not really doing great with the COVID-19 thing. You should try be probably be trying to social distance as much as you can. So like, I just thought it was careless and, and stupid. Um, and just childish of like both teams for, for letting that turn into that with everything that like is going on. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. I think why throw hands with someone when you already know three teams have had to have their games postponed and like another two teams might cancel the season, which we'll talk about later. Don't get me wrong, but here's the thing. Joe Kelly has been banned for throwing balls at people's heads already. He did it. On the Red Sox, when he threw balls at the Yankees. And you know what? In that game, not only did he aim for their head, but then when the guy looked at him like he's about to charge, he gave him a little, come on, give it to me. So if in that game, he's going to get suspended, I believe it was for four games, right? And it's the same situation, Red Sox, Yankees, that's another tense situation that you don't want to get out of hand necessarily. I know it's not a cheating situation, but you know, in my head, it's like, Suspend him for a couple games, but it's not even just that the Astros cheated. It's that they cheated their way to a World Series or two. Yeah, right? it's right. It's not like some, you got caught doping and you got a couple more home runs. You got a whole World Series out of it. So I don't think that the Astros have any room to talk about this. I do agree that the MLB giving him eight games was to cover their own ass. I have no problem with him getting suspended. I'm oh, sure no cap. And I'm sure Joe Kelly threw those pitches thinking I'll be off a couple days. Like, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. He was like, this is going to be so worth it. That's Joe Kelly. But don't suspend him eight games, especially when that suspension is more than 80% of that Astros team got for cheating in the World Series. Like, honestly, that's ridiculous. And I, I think that, yeah, it was a bad situation all around. Of course, we never want brawls to happen, but, you know, that's part of the game sometimes and get suspended yeah. a couple of, a couple days and then come back. Not eight games as if he 
took a bat to somebody's head. He didn't yeah, do that. Eight games, eight games seems and like, yeah, Joe Kelly certainly doesn't help himself with past history. That's and fair. Like, and even just fair. like how he like handled this one, like and stuff. Like the guy's a hothead and he kind of like runs his mouth a little too much for me. Um, but but like I felt that like eight games was a little a little much. But like, yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is just like ask like what do you expect, Astros, that, that this season was going to go? Like, you're just going to have to toughen up a little bit, boys. Yeah, it's it's you made the bed, now lay in it. And it does seem like a couple of the Astros were like, what are you doing? And everybody else knew what Joe Kelly was doing. So I even the announcers while it was happening were like, oh, Joe Kelly's getting some revenge. Yeah. And... Also, Joe Kelly, I love you. I miss you. I love your mustache. That's all I have to say about that. Well, actually, no, I do have one more thing to say. It's not just eight games, right? It's eight games in a 60-game season. That's a yeah. sixth of the season. That, that's true. That's a sixth that. of the season, right. Yeah. And it's like everybody's starting from ground zero. It's not like the other leagues where the Dodgers have already our first place and they're just playing to see what happens. They're middle of the pack right now. So... Being without a player, I'm not saying Joe Kelly is the most important Dodgers player on that roster, of course, but it does make a difference, especially when every game counts as like five. Yeah, so, it's, not a, it's not a normal eight games. It's like the weight of each of those games is is more than like what would that equip like with a hundred more games? Don't make I mean, me that, do math. Don't make like, me do math. like a twenty game suspension in in right. like a normal season, and like there's no way they would do that. Right, you're you're basically saying you caught him with PEDs. Like yeah. that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, we agree. All right, moving on from Joe Kelly, let's get to the main body of our podcast today. And we've got a couple different sports we're going to review today. A couple of different sports that we're going to review tomorrow, and that's what's going to happen. So today, just to kind of set it up, we're going to go over the UFC action from the weekend. We're going to go over the golfing action from the weekend. FA Cup final happened this weekend. We will go over that. The MLS Cup is in its semifinal stage. We'll go over that. And like we did already a little bit, we'll go over baseball season and how it's slowly but surely burning to the ground. So we'll start with... The UFC, Matt, Joe you Kelly wanna... is the least of their problems. Right. Joe Kelly, they're like, God, we hate Joe Kelly. And everyone's like, yo, there's eight teams that aren't playing right now. And they're like, you know what, Joe Kelly? Actually, you're back and just keep on fighting with people. Be that, be the, the main the... part of the news that's happening in the MLB so we don't look uh, so bad. Right. We need, we need the distraction. All right. So the UFC uh, had a fight night this last weekend. Uh, how did that go, Matt? What happened? Give me, give me the action. Yeah, it's a, a nice little kind of a low-key card. Um, four fights on, on the main card this week, uh, headlighted by Derek Brunson against Edmund Shabazian. Um, first fight was Bobby Green and Lando Venata. Uh, Green ended up getting a unanimous decision over Venata. Not, not like the funnest fight in the world, um, but a pretty dominant uh, win by Green. He won every round, kind of just kind of a complete victory for him. Um, and so a nice win for Green. Uh, the next fight of the night, Vicente LeCou got a, a knockout win um, before the end of the second round over Randy Brown. Uh, he's now the 11th ranked fighter. He just hopped Nate Diaz in the welterweight division. Um, so a nice win for him as he kind of continues to try and climb those rankings. Um, the next fight of the night was another a, a pretty good one and a, a big fight for the women's flyweight, Jennifer Maya against Joanne Calderwood. Calderwood was number three ranked fighter in flyweight, was why Maya was sixth. Um, Maya was able to get an armbar submission win near the end of the first round over Calderwood to kind of get get the upset. Um, and it's a nice back, back, bounce back win, pardon me, for Maya. After uh, her previous fight, she lost to the number one contender in the flyweight, uh, Catlin Chukagin. So just kind of a a nice bounce back fight to, you know, when you're when you're almost gonna get that. I mean, you win that fight against Chuk again, and then she's, you know, close to maybe getting her own title fight. Um, so after losing a, a big fight like that, that was a, a pretty big, pretty big bounce back for Maya. Uh, and then the headliner of the night, Derek Brunson and Edmund Shabazian. Shabazian came into the fight 11-0, um, kind of one of the, the rising 
guys in that middleweight division. He was uh, he was ranked ninth. Brunson was ranked eighth, but Shabazian was was certainly the favorite in this one. But Brunson was able to get it done um, and and kind of dominated. Um, you know, Br- Brunson's been kind of middle of the pack fighter for most of his career. Whenever he gets a big fight, like to kind of make that next jump up, um, really in the middleweight division, he's he's never been able to do it, but. Still a really great fighter, um, and and he showed he can still get it done. It was it was a fight that I thought probably should have been called in the second round. I, I didn't think there was really even reason for the third round to go. Um, Shabazian, in the in the very short amount of that third round that was fought, you could tell he did not want to be in that octagon. Um, I, I thought the the corner probably should have called it for him, um, and uh, but Herb Dean. The referee, as always, I mean, one of the best refs just in sports, let alone in the UFC. Uh, he was right on top of it, and it was called early in that in that third round. So nice win for Brunson, um, and we'll see what Shabazian does uh, after kind of a disappointing loss. This would have been another big one for him to, to keep on making a name, um, but still plenty of time. This guy's young. Um, biggest news of the week, though, UFC was no fight, but, but a fight getting uh, decided. October 24th, the lightweight title will be fought between Justin Gaethje, the interim title holder, and, of course, Khabib. Not even going to try to say your last name, Khabib, plus I don't need to. You say Khabib, everyone knows exactly who you're talking about. Um, So October 24th, we're going to see that one. I can't wait for that fight. Uh, I think think it's going to be – I mean, Khabib's obviously the favorite, but – Gaethje's a good wrestler, and, and if he can keep it on 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 their feet, and uh, he, he's got the hands to to take Khabib out, so I'm I'm just pumped for that fight. It's going to be a good one. Those those are two of two of my favorite fighters and two of the best in the UFC. So um, good week of of UFC, and excited that that fight's finally got a date to it. Yeah, very excited for that Khabib Gaethje fight. Ever since Gaethje had his last big win, I've been waiting for that fight to be set. So that will be exciting. And I also, everyone just needs to know this. I want to be as well known as Khabib so that Matt can say my name on a <laughs> podcast. Like Yannick, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name because I don't need to. That's <laughs> like, that is the goal. And I think awesome. I found that would be what I want. Um, I, so, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter how, how famous or successful I get. I will never happen for me. Matt, which, which there are so many of them, right? You're going to have the opposite problem. Matthew yeah. Smith, Matthew Smith. That's also 80. Matthew Phillips Smith, Matthew Phillips. There are 80 of those as well. What do you want from yeah, me? I've, what can you do? Life's tough, man. <laughs> hey, man, I want you to know there's only one Matthew Smith. Oh, that's hey, right. New guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, what do you think? I, Maya, first, I just want to say Maya, one of my favorite fighters right now. I was hoping she would rebound and she had a really good fight. So I am glad that she reacted well to the, her last loss. What do you think about the title fight, though? Do you think this was more of a commentary on on Sebastian where, you know, the hype isn't earned? You know, is this like a, a foretelling of him maybe not reaching the levels that people expected him to? Or was this more a a statement for Derek Brunson that he just did that well. Uh, I would, I would say it's more Brunson. Okay. Um, Cause like Shabazzian still, he's 22. Like the guy is so, so young. Um, I, and like, so I think, I think there was just, I think that first Brunson was just kind of undervalued on the card and like, and, and such. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it was, I, for me, it had more to do with Brunson showing what he still has in the tank. Um, Shabazian is going to be fine. Like the, the guy is going to have like Khabib is the one undefeated person like in the UFC. Shabazian was never going to go undefeated. Um, right. and you know, you, you learn from your losses as well at 22 years old. Like this guy's going to take this and, and learn from it and, and bounce back. Um, so yeah, I think it had more to do with Brunson just still showing what he can do and still showing the, that very good fighter that he is. Right. Exactly. And I feel the same way, but <clears throat> when I was reading about the fight, because I'm poor and, and, you know, did not watch anything. Um, <laughs> since I was, I was reading about the fight, people were saying to like Derek Brunson ends the, the shab train 
for good. And I was like, like, oh, so he's 11 and one and all of a sudden his career's over. Like, what is, what do you yeah. mean? What is that? So I well, think, he, and no, like he's just like, like 22 is a ridiculously <laughs> young age for uh, an MMA fighter. Like most of the up and comers are even like still 27, 28, like 22 is, is an insane child in, in that sport. Right. Well, I'm glad we agree there because I definitely think there's big things for him in the future. We're going to switch off to a slightly less contact sport, golf. <laughs> <laughs> Only slightly. slightly. I mean, unless Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau are on the are on the course, it's it's pretty much no contact. Otherwise, all bets are off. But um, we had the World Golf Championships, the St. Jude Invitational this weekend, like this week into this weekend. And we had another win for Justin Thomas, one of my favorite golfers and just a great, great talent. And he's shown it time and again. And people kind of were hating on him because, okay, so let me just let me just say congratulations to Justin Thomas. Um, He wins with minus 13. I hate saying that 13 under par. My bad. And. (laughs) Sorry, I, I have my notes here and I'm still, I'm like, I understand golf a lot, but I still say that sometimes because I'm reading. Yeah, and hey, no, I feel ha- you. Happens. Um, but he wins at under 13. Uh, it's his third PGA Tour of the win, uh, tour win of the season, 13th overall. He also won the CJ Cup in South Korea and the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii earlier. And people were hating on him a little bit too much, but he had, he should have won his third when he should have gotten his third PJ Tour win a couple weeks ago. He, remember, he was at that tournament, uh, at the Workday Charity Open. He had a three-shot lead over Colin Morikawa and, like, lost it with two holes to go. So people were hating on him a little bit. You know, people have bad tournaments. People have bad endings. It does happen. And uh, he gets his third win here of the season and takes first place from John Ram, who got it just the other day. We talked about that. Uh, John Ram finishing at uh, one over. And yeah, nothing could be better for him. He finishes in a tightly contested tournament, let me just say. It was not at all easy for him to get above the pack. Uh, He finishes above Daniel Berger, who, I mean, what a season Daniel Berger's having. He's been at the top for most of the tournaments, you know, compared to some of the other big names. He's just really holding his own. Uh, Tom Lewis, Phil Mickelson had a good tournament. I think he finished under 10. And Brooks Kepka, who had his, you know, first really good finish of the season, I would say. You know, after kind of being injured for most of the other ones, he also finished at 10 under. Uh, Justin Thomas was not the leader the entire way going through. He was actually four strokes behind going into the final round, but he hit four birdies on the opening nine to like really make the turn. He he came in hot for that last uh, that last day, and he battled Brooks Kepka down the stretch. Kepka kind of showed his injuries a little bit at the end, kind of limped to the finish. He had a double bogey on 18 that not only that would have if he had gotten under par, he would have forced a playoff and it actually dropped him into a four way tie underneath Justin Thomas. But like I said, Kepka had a good finish. He's still qualified for the FedEx Cup playoff with this finish. So I think, you know, good for him. But really hero of the day, Justin Thomas, he is formidable. He is a deserved number one. And I think just great things coming for him. Do you think uh, Thomas is the favorite in the PGA Championship this weekend? I, I think I think it ha- he has to be, and only because I don't think anyone else. And I, I'm not even going to say he's the favorite outright. I just think of, of he's probably tied with two other people at the top. I just don't see everybody else has been so inconsistent. I mean, truthfully, and like the powerhouses to be, you know, like Brooks Kepka have have been injured tiger woods obviously not you know up to his his norm well his normal self what is his normal self now but he is not to his master's winning self let's say yeah i, I, do, I, I don't daniel Berger's doing great uh justin rose i think is good rory mcelroy can always play i don't trust phil mickelson to like compete uh next week like he did this week uh you know colin morikawa another golfer i think there's so many people but i do think Three wins in the PJ Tour, you know, this season with all the inconsistencies and having been in like the top for other ones as well. I do. I would put my money on Justin Thomas. Let's say that I will put my money on Justin Thomas to, to win this weekend. Yeah. Who else? Who else would you put up there with him to be like 
as as the favorites to to take it home. The other favorites, I mean, I might put. That's hard. I I might put um I might put Bryson DeChambeau up there. I still think he's just so. He's just so good, and I think yeah. he's kind of been. I mean, obviously, you have some other ones. Uh, I think he's like fourth in the rankings, Bryson DeChambeau, and Rory McIlroy must be right behind him. He is. I'm actually looking at here. He's number fifth behind him, and like I said, Colin Morikawa uh, at seventh. Um, Webb Simpson also very good. He's finished like always in the top. He only has two wins, but he's finished in the top ten six times, which is uh, just as much as Rory McIlroy and all of that. Patrick Reed, also good. Here's what I'll say. I'll say Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, and because I know how good of a golfer he is, Rory McIlroy. Those are the my top three. They're they're just the most consistent of the pack right now, but I think there are so many other golfers that can sneak in, which is making golf exciting, that all of these yeah. young guys are coming up, pushing the old guys to perform better. I mean, Phil Mickelson finishing under 10, I'm – I, I'm always surprised when Phil Mickelson does so well. I mean, truthfully, he hit a shot. You should look it up. Everyone should look it up. On the 13th hole of the last round, he hit a shot just like this looper and just hit it right on the hole. Like, just truthfully, I thought it was just going to go straight in. And, I mean, he's just got such technique and still, after all these years, it very impressive. So, golf is just really exciting to watch right now. And you don't have to watch it every day, but at least catch the last day of action every time. It's always that's fun the best part about golf. Like you can like, you can just kind of keep an eye on it, and then like once <laughs> Sunday comes around, like it gets like I like I made the joke before that it's a great sport to fall asleep to, and it kind of is because like if you watch it on a Saturday, it, obviously there's stakes, but like there's not that many stakes. But then like Sunday on the back nine with like the people that are leading, like it's intense. It's fun to watch. It is. It is. And it's only more fun with all of these young golfers coming up and some other golfers who may not be as young, but, you know, like Webb Simpson doing really well, Daniel Berger doing really well, just good performances all around. All right, Matt, it's time for you to talk about the FA Cup. I know, I know it's hard to talk about, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I I'm get okay. It. I'm okay right now. <laughs> okay. So tell us about it. FA Cup final, Arsenal and Chelsea. Happened a couple days ago. What happened? Yeah. It was a it was a battle of London teams in, in Wembley between the Reds and the Blues, or at least <laughs> the Reds of Arsenal. Um, and you know, the match honestly, it was defined by the two players for both these clubs who have, have easily been their best players the last month or so, and that's uh, Christian Pulisic for Chelsea and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang for Arsenal. Um, Pulisic just continued the insane tear he's been on with a fifth minute goal giving Chelsea that early lead um but the lead didn't last too long as Piliqueta with a foul that it was it was right on the edge um I, I thought I thought it was the right call to give it a penalty me too um, uh but certainly was was one of those where you know if you're a Chelsea fan you're just like oh please please just give him a free kick right outside but I thought it was the right call Obama Yang, there, there was no way he was going to miss that penalty uh, in the 28th minute. So tied it up. And then 1-1 at halftime, and the second half was, was just a disaster for Chelsea. Um, and, and right from the start. Pulisic gets, gets kind of an opportunity and a shot early, like I think first minute of the second half, and immediately kind of pulls his right hamstring. Um, apparently there's he, – he's been sending out like good news that it's not – you know, a devastating injury, but on the day it was a devastating injury because he had to go out um, and it came out in the 48th minute. And after that, Chelsea looked like a completely different team. Um, Obama Yang in the 67th minute got a little space, used a little cleverness and again, continued the tear that he's been on for Arsenal to get his second and Arsenal's second goal to put them up to one. Um, the woes of Chelsea were compound compounded only minutes later when Mateo Kovacic got his second yellow card to uh, to give him a red, and he was off in the 73rd minute. Um, and then from there, there was just there was nothing. Chelsea really they just couldn't recover, um, and Arsenal was was kind of rolling. They they just played with more confidence. Um, they played with more confidence once Pulisic was off. Um, that's how much that guy has, at least in the last month, been meaning to that Chelsea team. Um, and yeah, so Arsenal wins two one. They get their 14th FA Cup trophy, and even more importantly, I think for a team like Arsenal, they they get a spot in the Europa League. Um, obviously, a team like Arsenal would much rather be in the Champions League, but 
when you finish, I think they finished eighth in the, in the Premier League, um, and you're still able to, to find your way into a European competition, um, it's always it's always good, especially for a team like Arsenal. It's trying to figure it out and still trying to be, you know, the club that they want to be um, and have been. You got you got to be competing in Europe, even if it is the Europa League. Um, but I think you know, even the story for me is just like the FA Cup is Arsenal's competition. Uh, this was their 21st appearance in the final of the FA Cup. That broke a tie with Manchester United for the most all, uh, all time. And then, as I mentioned, they got their 14th FA Cup trophy, and that's the most all time. So even when Arsenal like kind of struggles, like th- this year would certainly not be a banner year for Arsenal. They are able to uh, to pull things together in the FA Cup, and they did it again. Um, this weekend and, and this year, and mostly, I think it's it's thing. I mean, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's just plain ridiculous. He he's able to do like anything he wants out there. And if you get if you get him the ball near the box, there's a good chance that he's gonna find some space. And, and if you give him the space, he's gonna finish it. I get, I still have nightmares of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang in Dortmund colors. I still they wake <laughs> me up. The phantom Pierre just truthfully killing me every night. Um. And I just want to shout out to us because if you didn't listen to our on tap episode, we spent the last like 20 minutes talking about how amazing Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is and was this season, and he delivered yet again. I do have one question for you, Matt. In that episode as well, you kind of hated on the idea of Arsenal. Does this victory change that even a little bit? I mean, all, all, the questions still remain the same. This you know, um, it, like Pierre, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was, was great when I was ripping on Arsenal and he was great on, on Saturday. Um, but they still have a lot to figure out in that back line. The midfield still isn't great, but I mean, they're a team that, like I said, even then, if they can, if they can get some of those questions figured out, if they can get some stability, if they can get some just better play from, from those, you know, from the midfield and the defense, that attack is, is one of the best, like in the Premier League, um, when you got a guy like Obama Yang and, and and stuff. So, I think the questions remain for them. But if it, if anything, I think it it certainly helps make Arsenal look more appealing. You know, um, when you see a guy like Obama Yang play like that, it's sometimes that's the best recruiting you can get to get a player to want to come and play with you. Exactly, they're doing some things right. They're not doing everything right, but they are doing some things right. Obviously, we wish the best to Pulisic and hope that he recovers fast. I think he'll have some time because Chelsea are not going to be playing in the rest of the Champions League unless something crazy happens. So I think... I'm and if that happens, then we might then have Yannick for a while. We won't see me uh, yeah. for a little bit. So not to be worried about you instead of Pulisic. Right. How's Pulisic? Fine. How's Yannick? Haven't heard from him yeah. in a Don't couple know. days. Don't know. Don't know. His location services have been down. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, oh, dark. Oh, it's so dark. I'm so He's sorry. Red, <laughs> I'm just talking about nightmares and my and my self consciousness and my and my lack of. Oh my gosh. Anyway, anyway, uh, this isn't about me. This is about sports. We're gonna keep it with soccer, <laughs> um, and we're gonna stay. Um, with some soccer news, the MLS Cup is in its semifinal round. I mean, we had a podcast where I said this wasn't going to happen, and how wrong was I? They have handled this great after the first two teams have to had to drop out. It's been nothing but fun to watch. That continued with the quarterfinal matchups. So let me just give it to you here, Matthew. The first semifinal is going to happen this Wednesday. It's the Philadelphia Union against the Portland Timbers. Philadelphia Union getting to the semifinal by taking care of Sporting Kansas City thanks to a brace from Sergio Santos. They beat them 3-1. to one. Timbers also got here with a 3-1 to one win. RIP NYCFC. But what I will say, from a disappointing group stage, they showed that they still have some kind of life in them. So hopefully they can build on what they did. They weren't... The, and they went ahead in this game against the Timbers. So the Timbers, though, honestly second, third best team in the league behind LAFC. It's understandable, but the Timbers did get there as well. Sebastian Blanco and Diego Valeri scoring for Portland as they have for so many years. And yeah, Philadelphia Union, 
Portland Timbers, two teams in good form. My guess is that the winner of the MLS Cup will come from this semifinal, whoever gets it out. Um, but as we've seen, this tournament makes no sense. And no. let me point you to the other semifinal. It is Minnesota United versus Orlando City. Let me set this up. It's two of the worst teams from last year in the semifinals of the MLS Cup. Orlando City didn't know what they were doing last year. At Minnesota United's new team still trying to find their identity, and yet they both stand here. Here's how it happened, right? Minnesota United got there drubbing a San, a San Jose Quakes team that had basically dominated every other game they were in. I mean, against Real Salt Lake throughout their, their group stage with Chris Wondolowski scoring as if he was 22 years old and truthfully just drubbed them 4-1. to one. And they also upset the Columbus crew on penalties in the round of 16. They are the Cinderella story of this tournament. And if they aren't, then Orlando City is because Orlando City, while they are not necessarily the small team that Minnesota United is, they beat the big boys. They went up against Goliath, against LAFC, beat them 5-4 to four in a penalty shootout. Truthfully, the definition of sometimes all you need is one. All you need is one. LAFC dominated the game, but like they've done in the in the playoffs, you know, kind of consistently, they didn't put them away. They didn't. They wasted some of their chances, and the dominance did not turn into goals. And how often do we see this? 90th minute, Nani kind of putting the team on his back, throwing a cross into the box, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, but Braganza scoring, forcing PKs. Actually, I pronounced that really well. I want everyone to know that. Uh, the, <laughs> That accent under the sea, that's I in my that back. I nailed it. I take that back. I'm amazing. Anyway, uh, they upset LAFC. I mean, no one saw this coming. And truthfully, five to four in penalty shootout, it was one mistake. And neck it was neck. Jordan, neck and neck, Jordan Harvey blasting the decided penalty, I think either against the bar or over the bar. I can't remember. But yeah, LAFC was up. Bradley Phillips grabbing another goal for them. Last minute equalizer. And they're all of a sudden out. And Bob Bradley was pissed he was angry and orlando city doesn't care because they are in the semifinals who's gonna win this one i have no idea orlando city on paper is the better team minnesota city on paper uh, minnesota city minnesota united on paper they beat san jose four to one so i have no idea i have no idea it's gonna be so fun to watch orlando orlando's been like playing with a little they've got some hometown swag they've looked like They've looked good this this whole competition. They haven't. I mean, obviously, like I was not expecting them to beat LAFC, but they've they've just looked strong. Out of those two games, which one surprised you more? The the Orlando win or the Minnesota win? I mean, for me, the 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 Orlando. You know, because San Jose is great, but they're not the powerhouse that LAFC is. Right? They've been performing well. But, you know, that game was kind of like, how do I put this? It's like, that game was like if USA beat Belgium, right? Surprising? Yes. But it's like the other game was like Sweden beating Spain. Like, truthfully, like, to go to the semifinals. Like, that didn't make... And I'm talking about, like, 2014 Spain. Like, Andres Iniesta, Xavi, David Villa. No mistake. I thought you were going to say, like, Sweden beating Germany. No, that's too soon, all right? <laughs> I know. That's too soon. <laughs> I purposely didn't say that, Matt, okay? You guys not coming, and you're like, no, I'm not, no, no way. Too soon. Any hey, other any other team. Any other team right now. I'm not talking about the German national team until we go to another tournament and finish in some kind of knockout stage. Anyway, I, I do think Orlando City beating LAFC was the, was the game I did not expect. I mean, as soon as I saw them... And you know what, though? What I didn't see was them having a chance. That was truthfully it. I could see them beating them. But when they score in the 90th minute, I'm not going to lie. I was like, they're going to win because they shouldn't be here and they have nothing to lose. And and they did. They kept their composure, scored five straight penalties. I mean, when do you see that with a team that has, you know, is, is kind of the underdog in the game? So very exciting for Orlando City. I do agree. They got some hometown swag going on and i love it it's the magic of disney world it is the magic (laughs) of disney world truthfully oh my goodness well 
Matt, for our final sports review, I'm going to take us from an organization that has been handling the coronavirus well, the MLS, to an organization that truthfully is the Donald Trump equivalent of handling situations well. And oh that is Major League Baseball. True. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? I, I don't think, think so. Spot on. So um, just humor me here for a second. We're going to pretend that there's no problems. We'll talk about that at the end. We're going to pretend that there's no problems. And I'm just going to go over the action for so far. So uh, I'm not going to go over a single game in a week that's been happening because obviously there's eight games a day. But let me just give you a review, right? Baseball has been back since July 23rd. So let's go over the big leaders first. Uh, right now in first place, we got the New York Yankees represent and by that i'm not a new york yankees fan but i live in new york i have a question matthew what defines a bandwagon team like a fan what is where does that bandwagon versus not band where's the line where is the how long do you have to be a fan of someone for example right i don't consider you a bandwagon of manchester united but you're also not from england so what do i feel you know yeah and, yeah, so like Man, how- Man U sucks since I became a fan. I've got is that it? They have to I've suck. One Premier League. They- <laughs> I think. I mean, I mean, I think bandwagon fan like it's any time you join on like after they win. Like there's, you're not even just win, but like as soon as Mahomes joined the Chiefs, there are a lot more Chiefs fans or vocal Chiefs fans than you saw. So like, it's kind of like. Even just that, I think I think to lose the bandwagon like label, you you have to endure some bad. You have to like you have to go through like losing seasons or struggling seasons, and you have to support them as much as you always have. Like you can't you can't be a band like to rid yourself of being a bandwagon fan. You can't also be a fair weather fan. Okay, there you go. That is that there is the definition. And so my question is. We're both obviously not from New York. We're coming to New York sports later in our lives. We do live in New York, and none of these teams are necessarily winning back to back to back. I have a question. This is very important to me. Will you be my bandwagon bro in New York? Will you be my bandwagon bro? <laughs> Absolutely. I already dude, I already told you. I, I mean, I freely admit that as the second Durant and Kyrie joined the Nets, I was like, I'm a Nets fan. Like I, I just am, but I think regardless and like maybe, I mean, at least from my angle, but even like you've lived in, you lived in Iowa a long time. Like you don't have a pro franchise. Like it's just kind of fun to like cheer for the team that's in the, in the city. And like, and I just want to see a victory parade. I think a parade would be awesome to go to. So I'm not even so much pro Yankees as like I'm pro I want to see a championship parade because that would be dope. There you go. You heard it here. Bandwagon bros for life. So yeah. let's go over it. New York Yankees, 7-1. and one. They've been on fire, but you know who's actually been on fire? The Judge Aaron Judge. Ooh. I mean, truthfully, and, and everybody's excited. I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan at heart, but I'm so excited to see Aaron Judge back at his best after an injury-laden season last season. He's got five home runs in the last five games, six on the season. Last night, he hit a home run to overturn a deficit against the Boston Red Sox to help the Yankees win 9-7. to Here's a fun stat. Every single home run that Aaron Judge has hit this year has been to change the lead. So he's always either broken a tie or brought the Yankees in the lead with a home run. I mean, so he not hey. only hits home runs, he hits them clutch all the yeah. time. And it's great to see... And yeah, the Yankees are on fire. They look like the big winners so far. They are seven and one, kind of behind them, but still good. We have the Chicago Cubs also performing very well up until this point. Have a couple different oh, players Bobby. that are doing well. Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez, Ian Happ, Anthony Rizzo, all performing well at the bat. Chatwood has 19 strikeouts and two wins in two games. I mean, that's what you want to see from a pitcher, especially with Hendricks, supposedly your number one. And yeah, they're performing well. They are seven and two. The Minnesota Twins also seven and two. Some Midwest action really picking up here. Nelson Cruz has three homers, twelve RBIs. Kenta Maeda has twelve strikeouts and two wins in two games. Also performing well. 
You have the Rockies who are six and two, and then you have two powerhouse teams from last year, the Braves and the Dodgers, both at seven and three. So a lot of teams, obviously, everyone's played like 10 games out of 60. There's still so much time to happen, but that is kind of the early look at where the teams stand. I mean, we have some teams that are traditionally big that are also in trouble, starting with my Boston Red Sox, who are three and seven. Not surprising, you know, losing Mookie Betts, losing David Price and kind of struggling. But that's really not the reason that they're losing. It's not because of the bats, right? They have some one of the best left fields in all of baseball with Rafi Devers and Xander Bogarts out there. And truthfully, the reason is they have one pitcher. And I don't mean that like, oh, they have one good pitcher and the others suck. I mean, they have Nathan Eovaldi. And what they're doing whenever he doesn't start is they're switching pick- pitchers every two innings, regardless of who it is. They're not letting anyone go more than two innings. They're basically just trying to figure it out as they go. So it's not surprising. They have been competitive. They've played the Mets, the Yankees, the Braves. You know, I do get it. And they did play the Orioles as well. So I also don't get it. And... Another team struggling is the Mets. They're also three and seven, lots of injuries, lots of pitching struggles. Pete Alonso, non-existent so far. Obviously, 10 games, hard to tell what's going to happen. Mets are also in deep trouble. Diamondbacks also just having bat trouble. They've only, Matt, Matt, they've only had more than four runs once this season. Out of 10 games, they've only scored more than four once. You can't do that. You can't do that unless your pitching's ridiculous. And their yeah. pitching is not. Their pitching's not. So lots to happen, you know, still. So lots to figure it out, but that's kind of where the trend is going. Now let me bring you back into reality. There's not going to be an end to this baseball season. There's not. There's not. Because the Marlins, the Phillies, now the Cardinals have had COVID-related issues. That's involved games getting canceled. So the Brewers, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Tigers, and the Reds have also all been affected. There's going to be no way to finish the season without basically doubling up for 60 days straight. It's going to what it's going to end up happening. And, you know, the baseball players just won't do that. So I, I think eventually. Oh, hello. It's a guest. Yeah, it's our favorite a- guest. Yes. Favorite guest. You guys have no idea how sad this makes me because I'm home alone in New York quarantining. And and um, there's a dog there and there's not a dog here. And it's making me really sad. I'm going to kidnap her back to New York. I shouldn't oh. do that. My apartment's not big enough. But. <laughs> Hey, you got to do what you got to do. I do understand that. Yeah. I do understand it's that. Her, it's her birthday tomorrow. Aw, how old is she? Uno. Uno? It's her first uh, birthday. First That's probably birthday. what she was getting pumped about. She was like, make sure you mention my birthday. Right. We're mentioning your birthday. What's her name again? Scarlet. Oh, Scarlet. Beautiful. Yeah. My mom's a big Gone with the Wind fan. So uh, wow. she's named after Scarlet O'Hara. Okay. So yeah. she's a. She, she's a classy we, we can bring her on we can bring her on cocktail hours what yeah. you're saying well, <laughs> i'm sure she'll come regardless you know she'll <laughs> she'll make an appearance at least one howl she just likes to look out the windows and howl at basically nothing as dogs do classic but one day she'll be howling at an intruder and you'll thank your lucky stars exactly you know i mean i guess i'd rather have her be a overprotective guard dog than not one at all that's true um, but yeah, baseball, not going to finish the season. It's too late for them. They've gotten too far in and not changed the problem. Also, like, I don't know what the Cardinals players were thinking. They, it came out today that they broke protocol to go to a casino. And it's just really disappointing to see, to see players, you know, sabotaging not only their season, but the season did, of everyone else. Did they even break protocol though? I don't think... Like, I, think now, I think now they're like they're like issuing something to be stricter on it. I think like I don't even think they technically broke the rules when they did it. Mm-hmm. Now I think you would hope you would hope the Cardinals players would be smarter and and take everything into account, but like we know from this thing that people are dumb sometimes. Lou Williams went and got wings at a strip club. Like the fact that the MLB has put no sort of guidelines or no sort of like when I get trying not to do a bubble, but like some sort of, I guess like movable bubble or, or here and there. I, it's kind of absurd. I, I mean, I don't know why truthfully. And I, I mean, I get it. The players like don't want to concede some stuff, but I felt like it, it could have been like something where they did like what they do with spring training. Like, all right, you eight teams, like even just like NOS, AL West, you guys all go down to Arizona 
and you 10 teams will play each other. And that'll be the season. Like they've been, they're like their attempt to like try and keep it like sort of resembling a season is not necessary. And has just made it more di- like, it's just made these difficulties happen. Right. And it's, and it also doesn't make sense because number one, they are playing 60 games. So of course it's not like a regular season. So what's the point in trying to pretend that it is? Yeah. And number two, if I'm not mistaken, they were, they were kind of exploring the idea of being isolated. So why didn't they do that? Like it took me a couple days into the season starting to even realize that they weren't doing that. Cause in my head, I was like, there's no way that they're starting the season traveling. Are you kidding me? And yeah, they are. And it's really, and there's no reason to, cause like there's no fans so you don't need like the revenue from the stadiums like that. That's not relevant. It's not even like, it's not even a thinking point. So I mean, I guess it's just the players unions like wanting to have some freedom. And I, I suppose I get that, but I, I don't, I don't know. It just, just the lack of like any real like contingency for what at least could happen is, Showing showing its marks very quickly. Right. And I mean, who could have predicted that I could say this now, but Rob Manfred might be in more trouble if he had just canceled the season altogether than what he might be in now. I mean, that's kind of surprising. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Oh my goodness. We're done already. Yes, we are. Because we split it up into two like smart people. So you can... Big Join brain time. Yeah, big brain time. That's what it is. Big brain bandwagon bros. Look <laughs> <laughs> um, at that tatted. Tatted right here, right on the right around the bicep. That's what it's gonna be. Oh my god. Like, Who's your favorite team? It was like this. This, right. And um, yeah, so we're gonna have a new episode in a couple days. That one's going to feature all the NBA and NHL action, so you don't want to miss it. You're going to hear us talk about all the exciting action from that. Really quickly, let's give a shout-out for this episode. I'm going to go first. My shout-out is Chiro Immobile. Beat out Mm. Cristiano Ronaldo for the top Serie A score with 36 goals. Also beat out my boy Robert Lewandowski for top European scorer. Lewandowski had 34 and, I mean, broke so many records. He tied Gonzalo Higuain's record with Napoli in 2016. He's the first Serie A player to win the European Golden Shoe since Francesco Totti in 2007. And he's the first player not named Messi, Suarez, or Ronaldo to win the award since 2008. So, and if you want to know who won it then, it's Diego Forlan. So that is nice. a great accomplishment for Chiro Mobile. Good for him. Just classic Italian striker. We love it. And congratulations. Shout out to Chiro. Yeah, he had he had a heck of a season. It's just nice nice to see a, a new name up there. It's like when Luca won the golden like the uh Ballon d'Or. Like it's just like, yeah, someone someone else. I mean, when when Ronaldo and Messi are the best, like I, I understand you have to rep like you you can't like pick who isn't the best just to get like a fresh face, but it's nice when a fresh face is able to get there anyway. Um, my shout-out is going to go to the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Mr. Nick Nurse. Uh, born in Carroll, Iowa. Went to Kipper Catholic there. I'll always love a nice Catholic high school. Um, played at Northern Iowa. Then he was the Iowa Energy. Uh, of course, now they're the Iowa Wolves. But back when they were the Iowa Energy, he was their first head coach uh, back when it was the D-League, not the G-League. So the guy's just Iowa through and through, and he's quickly made himself one of the best head coaches in the NBA. Um, of course, last year he was helped to have Kawhi Leonard, but I still think it was a masterful job that he's done. And this year I think he's, he's shown his coaching chops of what he's got. Um, the Raptors right now are in, in place to get the number two seed. Just got a nice win over the Lakers, nice win over the Heat today. They don't look scared of anybody they know the game they're playing. They look they look confident. I mean, am I going to go put a bet on the Raptors to win the title? No. But if the Raptors win the title, I'm not going to be that surprised. And and I think any team I don't want to play the Raptors for 7 games because they they just they know each other well uh and they're damn well coached by Mr. Nick Nurse. So, shout out to Nurse, shout out to the Raptors. They're going to be a really especially in this like bubble sort of of 
kind of style of play. It's it's different than the normal playoffs and uh, and even just regular season. And so I think the the kind of the cohesiveness uh, and the camaraderie that they have, and which is partly thanks to their coach, is going to give them a leg up on on a lot of teams. So shout out to you, Mister Nick Nurse. Right. Yeah. As a Celtics fan, I was really only worried in the East, at least, of course, about the Bucks. You know, I, I I figured we had a game against the Heat. We could win. Raptors, I was not. I mean, I thought we just, you know, I, I just was not sure how they would turn out. And they've come out swinging. So it's going to be interesting to see who has to play them and who and how they do in playoff form. But they are formidable. And Nick Nurse is a big reason for that. All right. Quick fire questions for you, my friend. You remember, this is just give me a straight answer. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. My first quick uh, quick fire question, two teams kind of on the up and up with good players, but both kind of undetermined. Who do you take, the Memphis Grizzlies or the, or the San Antonio Spurs? Is this, is this to get the final playoff spot? To get the final playoff spot. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> That's right. my answer. Okay. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. But give me one. It, it, forget the Portland Trailblazers exist. Which of those two teams do you think has a better shot? Uh, Spurs. Spurs. Good. Okay. LeBron James. Not only the Lakers have not had necessarily the start, but LeBron James has not had the stats lines that we expect him to. Obviously, stats are not everything. Obviously, Anthony Davis playing well. Are we worried about LeBron? No, he still had two double-doubles. He almost had a triple-double in the first game. LeBron doesn't need to score to impact the game, uh, and that's what makes LeBron great. So, no, I'm not worried about LeBron. Perfect. And give me a guess, when will Major League Baseball be canceled for good? One week? Two weeks? Three days? (laughs) Ah, A month? I think they're they're going to hang on as long as they can. I I see it more as the possibility of the MLS – a couple teams say, all right, we're shutting down for the season uh, first before the whole MLB scratches it. All right. Well, there you have it. Those are the quick fire questions. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Two Beers, Please. Remember to stay safe, wear a mask no matter where you are, and register to vote. That's coming up soon. <laughs> all right. Take care, everybody. Cheers, guys. <laughs>